Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's say welcome to Arrival Sons. Please welcome to the Rock Bottom Podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. We're doing that. I didn't realize this was in front of a large studio audience. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. I want to thank everyone for coming and being so quiet. Yeah. Especially being very, very quiet. Uh, I've seen you once. You opened up for Aerosmith. I think it was in 2014. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. It seems like you quickly got a love affair with Europe. You have been played in Europe quite a lot. Uh, were you influenced by like European bands growing up, like the great British classics, Zeppelin and the oh, Purple? Uh, without a doubt. Without mm-hmm. a doubt, yes. Um, what were we, your favorite bands starting out and growing up? You ready? I don't want to list all my favorite bands. All of you, if you list one, you have to list all of them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say we like the royalty of rock. If you have the biggest podcast in Sweden, I'm sure your listeners know who that is. They're a huge influence. I mean, it, it starts with groups like the Animals, and, uh, and you know, and it goes and even it goes further back than that. You know, well, what? I'm going with the. Stop. I'm going with the royalty of rock. Like the British invasion is where I was starting. We don't, we're not going to go back into the 30s and the 40s and the blues and all that. But, but from the 60s. Yeah, and, and we're going like British. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, though it starts with those bands coming through the Beatles and the Stones. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into Hendrix, who ironically <clears throat> is American, but was kind of, you know, blew up out of London and. Yeah. Um, American bands like The Doors, I'm saying them because I just got a box of their 45s. Um, Pink Floyd. I would say, and we've said this before, Cream, Yardbirds, it's, be, it's probably who you think we would be influenced by by listening to us. Mm-hmm. No it's surprises a, there? No, it's all of. It's oh, lots a, of surprises. A, yeah. It's a, well, it's a, in yes, terms of lots like. Lots of surprises. There's a lot of other bands we're into, lots of different styles we're into. Such as? Um, lots of jazz, lots of soul, um, classical music. It's, it's, um, I'm just as likely to throw on a Cream record as I am a Segovia record as I am Ravi Shankar, mm-hmm. as I am Monk, as I am Radiohead, as I am Tribe Called Quest, as I am whatever. Cool. 
how did it all start out in Long Beach for you? I mean, was there like a, a thriving music scene or? There, there was and is a, a very thriving music scene <clears throat> in Long Beach. And Scott was coming from Huntington Beach, mm -hmm. uh, just 20, 20 minutes south. So really, down the coast. There, there was a music scene there for a minute, but it wasn't having to do much with what I was doing, really, in the end, what exploded out of there. I was more enamored with what was happening in Long Beach. And, mm -hmm. and so Long Beach had a, a pretty thriving and healthy music scene. Um, it's interesting because Long Beach is about 25 minutes, 30 minutes outside of Los Angeles mm -hmm. proper. But it gets lumped in with L.A., And people, when we first got started, they were trying to call us an L.A. band, and, but we're just not. We're just not L.A. guys. And um, Long Beach was a little bit different because it's just far enough outside of L.A. where it's its, its own thing. So we always... Nobody from Long Beach wants to be considered an L.A. band. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Oh, is that so? It's, yeah. a thing. <laughs> it's kind of like, I uh, always say that Long Beach is the Brooklyn of Los Angeles. Okay. So it's right there. But it's its own thing mm -hmm. and its own festivals. Uh, great festivals. Yeah, great, 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 great street scenes and, um, and parties. And yeah, the city uh, gets behind music um, very much, very much. So what did you set out to accomplish? Did you see a gap to fill in, yeah. in the music scene? Yeah, I think very much so. Yeah, this was 10 years ago for us. So there was like a few rock and roll bands springing up that weren't like alternative or indie or shoegaze or emo or all this bullshit like i mean and i like a lot of these types of styles in these bands but there wasn't any like real proper rock and roll roll at the time a couple of records had just come out and they were like brand new when we started and that would be like wolf mother sprung up their their ep Mm -hmm. Their Dimensions EP, which was super crazily hip, sounded really, really good and fresh for the time. And Jet had also put a record out, um, Get Born, that was really, really good. And coincidentally, both of those were produced by uh, the great producer Dave Sardi. But, and um, both of them Australian, right? Both are also from Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seemed like, what the hell's going on here? They weren't even connected to each other. Right. But um, there wasn't that much other, like, Thing. There wasn't many things re reflecting real kind of rock and roll ethos, you know. And by that time, like um, the Black Crows, had, they weren't playing together. You know, it wasn't it wasn't working out for them. Mm -hmm. So you you weren't getting any more of that. And Lenny Kravitz was still making oh, records yeah. here and there, but mm -hmm. it was it felt slightly less relevant. And even he was taking a turn at the moment and becoming a little more modern, right? And being remember mm -hmm. he, he it was like that five record or whatever. I think that's what it was. Uh, And it got real modern sounding for a second. I think experimenting, because particularly Lenny Kravitz, he's been able to wear so many different hats. Yeah. Rock and roll, for sure. And I, I think he's a guy that doesn't get his due. I feel like he doesn't get the recognition for towing the line for so many years. And when we, we were able to play with him recently, going back over his catalog, you know, a huge fan. Anyway, um, yeah, there was a, a... I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Uh, yeah. Just looking at it and thinking, this guy's been towing the line for this whole time. And uh, so, yeah. Big ups. Mm -hmm. There was a he gap that we were filling. He split his pants when he played Stockholm he last did. summer. Yeah. yeah. And his dick fell out. Yeah. <laughs> you should Google the pictures. Oh, that was in Stockholm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. For sure. Your latest album... Um, 
was Hollow Bones, right? That, 2016. That was, and then right. and then there's Feral Roots coming out now. Yeah. What can you tell us about it? How have you developed or, or have you <laughs> between these albums? I think we've definitely developed. Uh, coming off of the heels of that last record of Hollow Bones, we went out and we toured with Sabbath for over a year. Mm-hmm. So we were really busy doing that. And then we had to follow up and tour, finally um, headline a tour to promote Hollow Bones. And basically after that, we got started with writing the Feral Roots record. And I live out in Tennessee. Scott uh, still lives back in Huntington Beach. We took six to eight months and we took time off from touring. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to just give ourselves some time to decompress, start over. And um, we went out, I guess, to kick things off. We went down for a week down into the southern Tennessee woods and to spend a week alone and uh, flesh things out and philosophized and talked about what sort of record we wanted to make. So no playing, just, you know, we, hanging we, yeah. out and discussing? No. Well, yeah, we brought no, instruments no, no. down there. No. We brought instruments to write. And yeah. No, we went down there to play, but yeah. we also talked about the record. And yeah. yeah, we, we were doing Basically everything. Basically laying down the plans. Yeah, all that stuff. How, how do you approach a new album? Are all the songs, they're not finished? Or, or do you all come in with ideas? Or do you allow yourself to develop them once you're in the studio? Or Yeah, uh, yeah we sketch the ideas out pretty well. And when we on this record particularly, when we brought them to everybody, they were halfway halfway sketched out pretty good. But there's got to be some level of leeway when we get with our producer and the rest of the guys to to let it like breathe and and, and develop with other other musicians, people we trust. You know, mm-hmm. did any of the songs on the new album like take another route once you started recording it and and yeah. that point? Specifically, I'd say there's a track called Stood By Me on the record that started out as one thing and became a whole different thing mm-hmm. when we recorded it at Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind right. Of, we ended up using the room and the feeling there and just kind of really it became something totally new that we're really happy with. Mm-hmm. Cool. How do you feel you have progressed and developed as a band from, I mean, you've been around for like 10 years? 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, from the beginning, <coughs> we were really finding our way for the first couple of records. And it's something kind of turned the corner where we had been together for a couple of years, probably right around head down. We, in my opinion, we sort of growing into our own thing Mm -hmm. and then um, taking big risks and and going for a lot of different, (coughs) uh, a a lot of different um, angles on, what our catalog was going to be like and, and what our sound was going to be. And then I think that with the following record with um, Great Western Valkyrie, we zoned it in a little bit more. Like here, okay, so now we're doing this. And then by the time we went to Hollow Bones, we blew it back out mm-hmm. and just th- threw out a, a bunch of other stuff. But I think uh, the progression has been really natural. It's been really very organic. Because we do what we're compelled to do. Well, I feel like doing this. Okay, well, I feel like doing this. So we'll we'll work it out. And um, I think that we're able to straddle between straight up rock and roll into soul, into some psycho- psychedelic, into um, ballads, and mm-hmm. you know. And I think that the growth has been very organic. And if you listen to our our records back to back, I think you can hear the lineage. 
I feel like the band is, is this band is capable of making a record every two months. Really? Oh, yeah. There's there's like a, such an amalgamation of uh, influences and styles and things we want to accomplish and a real hunger for writing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So um, I, th- I think we can get really creative quite often. Yeah. Do you write while you're on tour? Yeah, I think... You write when you feel like writing. I tend to write for a little bit just about every day. And I think that's more just when you get ideas, you write them down. Or you sing them into your phone. Or you grab a guitar and you play it into your phone. And then you go back through and you listen to the, you know, once a week or so, you listen to all of the ideas that you've come up with. Mm -hmm. And that was, in large part, a lot of our collaborative efforts sending each other ideas. Okay, I'm working on this thing. What do you got? Do you know, do you, are you feeling this? Maybe throw something onto this. So we would do that back and forth in writing. Mm-hmm. So what was it like to start out as a band in an era when album sales were not so great and the support from radio and media were kind of poor? I mean, did, how did you have like a market strategy or, or did you just leave that to other people or... How did you get such a big following? And that happened pretty quickly for you. Um, we were lucky. We signed to a UK label named Earache. Mm-hmm. Which is like a death metal. Yeah, and they had built up like a really loyal following in the metal world. Because they put How out come these, you like, ended up there? <laughs> I think they just, they had done really well with, with their catalog and those kinds of artists. And I think their reach got long enough and wide enough and they got smart enough and made enough money to go, you know what, we should try to branch out and see how it goes. And at that at that time we were the first we were the first rock ones. band that we were the first band that wasn't metal or death metal. Yeah, yeah no. The very first the, wasn't that scary for you too? Oh definitely. Yeah. We thought the first few times that they like propositioned us for a deal was they, I thought they were a joke. Yeah. I thought they were like, you know, guys that ran a metal label going like this is hilarious. Look, I'm going to offer these guys a record deal. This like, like a spinal blues. tap moment? Yeah, like let's offer <laughs> right. this blues rocky, like, you know, <laughs> like fuzzy rock band yeah. a, a record deal and see if we can get them to sign with us as a joke. I don't know, because to me that seems like it would be funny if I owned a death metal label. Right. They, well, <laughs> they pursued us for long enough and let us know that they were serious about it. And at that mm-hmm. time, they hadn't set up the business model that they have now. Um, with promoting rock bands or I don't really answer the question or rock and roll bands I think I think the I was should answer the question that you actually asked that (laughs) why did we get presence 
because this yeah. metal label actually okay. had a reach on all these publications mm-hmm. and immediately there was that's really specifically why like the Be- core media they had instead a, of going yeah like in UK media and European mm-hmm. media they had outlets already waiting for them so when they serviced our record it immediately went out to all these people mm-hmm. and it was kind of such there was so much audacity that they were putting out a rock and roll band that a lot of these metal publications took it immediately, that some of these more mainstream, like Classic Rock Magazine mm-hmm. and, and other ones too, just took it immediately and we made a good record. Yeah. That's why it worked, you know, because there was audacity behind it. There was reach with the label. We made a good record. It just took really quick. I think that's what happened. So what's your driving force now to to go forward and, and still tour as much as you, you still do? Dude, don't you ever get tired? And oh yeah, you get tired. I think that there are a couple of different things that that a couple of different ways to answer that. The more that we do this, the more the the larger the fan base grows. The larger the the fan base grows, the more opportunities we have to make records. It's not really a situation where you can get bored or over it. We try to keep each other inspired. And to push each other as much as possible, um, and so there are so many possibilities. You know, people ask you to come out and tour with them. You know, like legends. So mm-hmm. you get great things like that, and then you get an opportunity to make another record. So then you go back into the laboratory, and then we write and we do all of these things, and we get to find out who we are. There's so much to do. You, there's so much to do that you don't get bored. Like it, it seems like for me, I just feel that we're on a journey. We're going somewhere and we're constantly going up a little bit. So you started out basically as a band long term. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, absolutely. (laughs) You toured with a lot of like super legends, Black Sabbath and and Aerosmith and I think Judas Priest and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, Our first tour through the UK was with Judas Priest. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting. And that was just to mention a few. (laughs) How was that? I mean, well, that that first tour, you know, we were talking about. We first get here, and we're in kind of in the metal world because that label that we were on, they all of their they were introducing us to all of these metal outlets, even though we were playing rock and roll music. Um, understanding who the metal audience was and getting to know them was a great education to see how loyal and supportive they are of each other and how great they treat the bands. Uh, it's just incredible. Did you ever get starstruck when you started out and you started touring with sure. the Giants? I still get starstruck. I think less a little bit now, but still totally, yeah. I still meet people. We've been talking about recently a lot, meeting Jimmy Page at one of our shows. It's pretty hard to not get a little starstruck when you see these people that wrote the soundtrack of your life. <laughs> it was fun meeting Eric Burden mm-hmm. at an award show and, and, and Greg Allman and, and there's just so many. I met Brian May that night. That was amazing. Billy Gibbons, Chef Back. These people for me, yeah, get a little starstruck. Cool. Tony Iommi. Yeah, yeah, the Sabbath guys, absolutely. What's even weirder though is when you become comfortable and friendly with them and then that starstruck thing kind of goes away and you have to remind yourself, oh my God, this person isn't just my friend. This was someone that was mm-hmm. on the back of my that's right. jacket. That's, yeah, yeah, that's actually fucking Tony. I <laughs> not my friend Tony. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you get. I, I I still get starstruck. It depends on the person. It depends on the situation. But you have those moments where, oh shit, 
this is actually happening. I'll tell you what we don't do. Probably act foolish or act act too starstruck. And there's it's specific because you find how even at our at the level we operate on and where we are when you meet fans, big, big fans, people that have tattoos on their body of us or our goddamn faces on them. It's bizarre. It's unbelievable. You know, and they've been to every show and they've been, have every regular super fans. Some of these people, and God bless them, they just, they act, they're really, it's really awkward. And I get it because I'm a fan too. Uh-huh. But when that awkwardness happens, it's really you feel bad. It's a little off-putting. And then you can't have any kind of conversation. You can't really be anything. So we just have to be that, you know. It's almost like a TV screen. So like, that, you're just, you can just look at me like I'm on a screen then. <laughs> I am not that person. I'm a totally normal person with my friends. I have children. I'm, we're normal people. So, but to you, I'm something else. So we don't want to act like that. So, so any of you... Mean? Any of you, if there are any fans listening to this podcast and you feel nervous when you approach us, there you go. Feel more nervous. Keep it together. (laughs) Keep it together. Don't be foolish. No, I I totally get it. And, you know, so does Scott. I get get it. You get get excited. I get excited. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, though. Not not getting too jaded. Yeah. Yeah. To still get excited. We always finish off with uh, the cringe song. And that is a song that you're kind of embarrassed to like. And something your fans would go, what the fuck? Does okay, that yeah. I, really I, we, we have a hundred of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have, Bring it. For me, I have no shame. And I think Scott's the same way. Uh-uh. No shame. Whatever I like, I like. And if you think it's corny, then fuck you. We write ourselves a... a, 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 a merit of excuse like we're we're, we're allowed to, to like whatever we want because yeah. we can see the quality in songwriting we can see the quality in a good hook we can see the that stuff counts so probably many of your fans are gonna go i don't like pop or i don't like country or i don't like there's so many things like i don't you know fuck these like pop stars to me i'm hearing the pop radio which would be most of the cringier shit and going it's cringy but that's a magic hook you know what i mean like even something like uh what was the big uh big adele song with what was the big um hello. oh hello yeah. i mean that would be cringy right yeah i wish i wrote hello i listen to that song and it's i'm like brilliant. Yeah. fuck that performance and that hook that's yeah. fucking huge mm-hmm. so that's one um we're also 80s junkies Oh, so, um, I mean, we're music junkies. <laughs> yeah, all of the new, all of the new wave, all the new wave stuff from the eighties, like girls just want to have fun. Cindy yeah, Lauper, Go Go's, Vacation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bangles, Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Yankovic. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> of that's that's cringy for sure. <laughs> yeah. Weird Al, um, just all of it. Like I like what I like. Lady in Red. Krista Barge. A few oh, people have no, no, Lady in Red. Four. Yeah, um, simply Red. No, no um, Lady in Red. Lady in Red. Is dancing. Yeah, chic, chic. It doesn't matter because it's like I hear a song like that. It reminds me of holding hands with the girl, like my first French kiss at the roller rink, like all of that stuff. Oh. It all goes in there. Yeah. I'll take it. Try to shoot me down. I only become more, more powerful. I love all of it. I love I love the whole ABBA catalog, the whole thing. Yeah, all been, of it. We've been rocking all of the '80s stuff. Like I've been rocking that at home, like with the kids. Like uh, 
level 42 and, mm-hmm. and like uh, what are some of the other 80s hits? Thomas Dolby. Oh, something there to remind Thomas Dolby, She Blinded Me With Science. Oingo Boingo. Weird science. I don't know what what I don't know how, what's let's think of something really cringe worthy though. Those are really good. Flying away with science is kind of cringy though. Really? Oh, that that song yeah. is Thomas Dolby. That's amazing. Is, it is sophisticated pop music writing. Also, it's uh, great. I, hook just, just great hook. I will also <laughs> invite everybody listening and yourself. To put that shit on a good system, uh-huh. that is a serious recording. Oh, yeah. That, where the bass frequency is, that shit sounds really good. I have to go home and listen to that. <laughs> um, let's see. Cringy, 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 cringy. We've done uh, pretty good. Cindy yeah. Lauper Girls is when I have fun. That could be really cringy to people that like rock and roll. But that is yeah, so good. Know, that so you wear it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, thank you for best having Best of us. luck with everything. Thank you. The pleasure is ours. <laughs> Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.